What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Michelle, and we are discussing episode three of Outlander season six. And the title of this episode is called Temperance. And I'm going to start this episode with one of Casey's (laughs) favorite sayings, them children need a whooping. (laughs) She says it a lot when we talk about The Walking Dead, because the kids in that show are always doing something that they don't need to be doing or something that just kind of brings along the danger. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very appropriate here. Yes, it's very appropriate for this episode. They need a whooping. So we start out the episode with a baby in a basket floating on the river and it's Henri Christian. And we find out that the little kids in the, uh, this, and, and these are Tom Christie's community's children. Friends. Yes, it is. It's the friends who came with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these little kids and Germain are watching this basket float down the river. Not that they're watching it on purpose, but may, I don't know what happened for Henri Christian to get into the river. We don't, we never find out fully what happened, but we know that the kids have this superstition or they have this thing that they've been taught that because Henri Christian is a dwarf, that he's been touched by the devil and they wanted to see if he could float. Yes, to see if he was demon born. So again, I don't know how he ended up in the river. Like if the kids put him in the river, just wanting to see if he would float. And then the the water just kind of washed the basket into the tide. I don't know if that's what happens. But of course, the kids are following because they're trying to figure out how to get the baby out the river. Are you sure? Yeah, because they had a long stick. So it looks like for kids that they want to try to reach. But of course, there's really nowhere for them to to reach the branch is not long enough. I'm I'm assuming this because as bad as kids can be, I really don't think they wanted to kill the little baby because that would have been a lot of trouble for them because regardless of what their parents have taught them about dwarves being demon children, I'm sure the parents have also taught the kids that to kill is a sin. Yes. Okay, no one was calling for help. That's what my concern was. Because if they called for help, they would have to admit what they've done. You got to remember, these are kids. Kids are like, oh, if we tell, tell, we're going to get in trouble. So so they're going to let this keep going until to the bitter end. Thank goodness for Roger. But okay. Thank goodness for Roger. Because Roger hears the kids and he just happens to be near the river bank you know, doing his own work. He sees the baby floating and he jumps into the river and swims after it. And girl, let me tell you, I knew that the baby wasn't going overboard. But when that basket hit the waterfall and went over and the kids are just sitting there looking like, did the baby just die? But of course, Roger had taken him out of the basket. Yes. And saved him. But them kids. And you know they're kids because... They were like, oh, if he floats, he's demon born. And Roger was like, children, you put him in a basket. The basket is floating. Thank goodness they put him in the basket and not just put him in the water. Mm-hmm. So, And that the basket was mm-hmm. secure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so let's talk about this because we've seen stuff like this before. So you're saying if he floats 
he's from the devil, right? Is that that's yes. what they said? Yeah. But if he but if he sinks, but if he sinks, if he drowns, that means he wasn't devil spawn. Yes. But he'll be dead. So now, I've never understood that logic because, like, even with the witch trials. Okay, if you stone a witch or if you put the, you know, what they used to do to test to see if a person was a witch, they used to put that that weighing stone on them. And if the stone crushes them to death, that means they weren't a witch. But if it doesn't crush them the wit, uh, to death, that means they're a witch because obviously their witch powers save them. So if they weren't a witch, what, they, they just die? They just die and what, God is supposed to forgive them or... I, I just I, that d- doesn't make any sense. I've never understood that logic. Mm-mm. So the fact that these ignorant folks <laughs> teach this stuff to their children, and this is the kind of stuff Tom Christie probably teaches, right? And it's it's going to show his influence and how it spreads out on Fraser Ridge because ignorance breeds clearly. ignorance. Yes. But anyway, and then my next my next question is, and we may get to it. Did they ever really tell the parents? You know what? I don't think think they did. Because I I think you should. Oh, definitely. They should. I think you should. But I think I think Roger talked about handling it and then jamie was like i think roger was gonna tell the parents and then jamie was like no i'm gonna handle it because of course this is his grandchild he's the laird of the ridge so to speak so not only did you guys do harm to Henri christian by extension you did harm to the person who has granted you safety and land to build homes and shelter but i think I think Jamie wanted to deal with the children first because I feel like you can probably change the minds of children more easily than you can adults Mm -hmm. because for adults, they've been living in this ignorance for a long time. Right. And what they would have done was like, okay, don't do that again. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. However, they still going to put on what they believe, but Tom Chris supposed to have talked to the community, but he doesn't know which parents to talk to. He's just supposed to talk to the community. That's right. what he told Claire. I'll, I'll talk to them. Right. Because supposedly he's like, no, this is not, a, you know, I, I, I would have never let it go this far, what, whatever the case may be. But you, you teach them everything is a sin. Everything. So, so of course, this little child who is born into the world innocent, just different. Your people are teaching their children that this baby is demon spawn. And then we see what kind of impact that has on the entire family because Marsley and Claire and Jamie, they're all angry and pissed. But Fergus, let me tell you, you know, I keep saying it, Fergus is my baby. And I knew the hard scenes we're going to come in this episode. Mm-hmm. But oh my goodness, when when he has the conversation with Claire, first of all they have to they have to talk to Germain because they're like you were you were with him. You know, Marsley's pissed off. She was like, "I cannot believe that 
you would let these kids place your brother into the river. And, you know, Fergus asked him, he was like, do you think your brother is a demon too? And Jermaine says, I thought they'd leave us alone. And we have to think about it. If you look at the kids that were there, Mm -hmm. Jermaine was the smallest one. He's the youngest. So they probably bullied him into it or said, you know, we just want to see. And what is he going to do? As a child, as a child, one, you're trying to fit in. You're trying to, you're trying to have your friends. You don't want to come across as a tattletale. You know, even in those times, you don't want to be snitch. And you want your friends to like you. So you listen to them and you do the things that they tell you to do. And he probably didn't think his brother was going to be in danger either. Like I said, the kids probably didn't think, okay, we're going to put him in the river and see if he's going to drown. That's not their thought. They just want to see if the baby was going to float. And they probably put him in some shallow water just to see if the basket would, you know, would would float. But of course, that river has a strong current. You can see it even as as he's going down the river. So as soon as they put him in the shallow water, that current probably took that baby real fast. And of course, these are little kids. One, they're not going to get in the river themselves. Two, they don't know what to do at this point. They're probably panicking because that's not what they expected to happen. You know? And that's kids. They don't see what consequences can come from some of your actions. Right. So... But that poor little baby, I'm, I, I, I felt so bad for him because he was like, I thought they'd leave us alone, you know? And then, you know, as, as Fergus leaves out of the house, they're trying to tell him, you know, don't let this bother you. But somebody literally, they literally tried to drown his child. Right. And it's just different. adding on to how he feels. Mm-hmm. It's just adding on to how he feels about this situation. So it's not very, it was not a great events that happen as he's dealing with his feelings right now mm-hmm. yeah so that's when jamie sends jermaine he's like look go find your friends tell them i want them in my par- parlor before supper and uncle roger goes with him but then you know claire goes out to talk to um fergus and we find out a little bit more of fergus's backstory mm-hmm. which we already knew fergus grew up in the brothel And so he starts telling her this story about, you know, in the mountains of France, a dwarf child would be left out for the wolves. And, you know, we've mentioned this before when talking about what may come in this season for Armory Christian. You know, back then, dwarf children, they didn't really, you know, any any type of child that was born with what they considered a defect or deformity or or just different yeah Mm -hmm. they they kind of abandoned them or you know some of them would just kill them or leave them you know like in France for the fairies to take them or that sort of thing so he starts telling the story about being in the brothels and how dwarves and dwarf children were not treated in a bad way in that sense, but they were, you know, special. They fetched more money because they were considered, you know, exotic or whatever. And so when you, when you first look at it, Fergus, it almost appears like Fergus is 
disappointed about his son being a dwarf you know when when he was born the way that they kind of played it was kind of like oh he's disappointed that his son was a dwarf but it wasn't that and we learned that in the scene he talks about he just wants to make sure his son is going to be loved have a happy loved life mm-hmm. be educated and claire says yeah we will make sure that he is all of these things and of course claire comes from a different time so she knows that that's possible but you know, Fergus tells her, you've never seen the life of a dwarf. And when Claire says, you have, and he says, yes. And he starts telling her about in the, um, in the brothel, about the dwarf children being special, being paid, you know, a lot more for the, for them. And he talks about his friend that was a dwarf that was in the brothel, his best friend. And they did everything together. And he talks about having found this child murdered in the streets mm-hmm. and what they did to him mm-hmm. oh and just and then you can you then you start to realize that it's not because he was different it's because of his connection with i think his name was luke his connection with luke mm-hmm. and what happened to luke yeah but he actually he actually made a good point when he telling Claire and Claire was like okay well we're here we're gonna gonna make sure that this doesn't happen he's like but you're not gonna be around forever and I'm not gonna be around forever which is true so what ends up happening Mm -hmm. because then they can be left will always be a dwarf right and then you could be left in the area with a lot of the followers of Tom Christie and you don't know what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. or even if they go somewhere else I mean he's always gonna be looked at strangely Mm -hmm. Or there are going to be people who are going to look at him for other reasons, you know, the not so savory reasons, the reasons that, you know, Fergus was in a brothel, you know, or Luke was in a brothel. But, you know, like he says, when Luke was killed, they send the body, they sent the body to a physician for it to be cut up. And sold because there was supposedly power in dwarfs body parts. And it's just watching him tell this story. And he was like, this is not the life I want for my child. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to grow up in that kind of life that he might be favored or, you know, um, well taken care of in a place like a brothel because of what he is. And that might be the only life that he has. And of course, Claire tries to convince him that this is not what we're going to do. We're not going to allow this to happen. And like you said, he tells her, but you're not going to be around forever. I'm not going to be around forever. He's going to be a dwarf forever. And it's my fault. And then we come to the heart of the problem, Mm -hmm. which we've already suspected. He feels like because he wasn't there to protect Marsley and Claire when Marsley was attacked, when she was knocked onto her stomach, he feels like Henri Christian was, you know, um, damaged in the womb. And he's taken that upon himself. And it's so painful to see him go through that because Claire tries to convince him that's not true. And of course, Claire knows that that's not true, but she can't really tell him why. And this is where... I wish they did tell him about Claire. Like, I don't understand. Fergus is the most loyal. Right, from the beginning. So, and he was there since being a kid. 
So if you had told him, so when she actually says, this is not your fault, trust me, then we'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is something that they, that just typically happens. Right. It's no fault of anyone's. But no, they didn't tell him about. So now he's, you know, he's taking on that. So sad. Oh, that scene just hurt my heart. Hurt my heart. But again, like I said, he's a dumb boy who plays Fergus. He's doing a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. So glad that they are giving him more stuff to do. They're giving him more scenes, um, you know, with the family, with Jamie, with Claire. Because like I said, I, I feel like for the last two seasons, we saw him there, but he was not utilized in the way that I feel like his character should be, especially for not him to be such an important part of the family. Mm-hmm. We need to see more of him. And we need to see more of what he goes through and what his struggle is. But oh, it hurt. I cried so much in this episode. My poor baby. <sighs> So then after this conversation, Claire comes back to the house. And of course, Tom Christie is there and he apologizes to her because he tells her, you know, my people know I don't believe in such superstition. So I don't know where they get this idea about dwarves being devils spawn or whatever. Apparently, Tom Christie didn't teach them that part. But again, you teaching your people that other things are sinful or whatever so it's not like it's a huge jump for them to think oh that child is different that must be no it's not and then we don't know really like what area they were in before that's what they may have believed true like it was different from where fergus is from it's like um okay they're exotic we we can use them in a different way Mm -hmm. this area they could have just thought okay devil born if they can float or not float which is again strange of how they figure that out so it's interesting that tom christie keeps saying that oh i don't believe in those things i'm a you know i'm a smart man but you come to the house to get your surgery and you're like yeah i'll let you do the surgery but you're not going to use your potions on me i'm going to stay awake during this surgery i'm not going to take any pain medications during the surgery (sighs) And I was just like, so you're about to let her cut into your hand without anything, without anything, except you for your wanted Bible to drink the whiskey and the whiskey. Now, I know whiskey can dull some pain, but it's not that strong. Not enough. No. I need to put my hand in it, bathe in it, drink it. I would need all kinds of things to get through that. And he wants to go through all of this just so he can spank his, chi- his child. So again. Do I feel like, again, if he falls off a horse and she doesn't have to run to get any help? Yes. I'm sorry, I do. This time I didn't say kill him. I just said if he falls off a horse, you can take your time. Maybe 24 hours later, you can go get Claire. Let him just sit in it. Man, but let me tell you, during this episode, while he's getting this surgery done, he's sitting there and he's going to read his Bible. And of course, Jamie is standing there. <laughs> like he appears out of nowhere. Like it's interesting because I know you have things to do on the ridge. But as soon as he walks into her operating room, you are always just standing there ready with a little, little, little smirk on your face too. You need some help. I don't think he was 
he wasn't trying to be hmm he wasn't trying to be an asshole but i think it just kind of it was there just on the surface because of course jamie is looking at him like yo i've had the surgery before believe me you want you want something she even tries to give him the bit to hold to put Mm -hmm. between his teeth doesn't even want that so you just gonna let her cut into your hand with nothing no pain medication no anesthesia Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. nothing to numb your hand nothing nothing but your bible and some and some drinking oh he was drinking this time yeah not drinking he was drinking he was and you know jamie did a great thing by helping him read the bible so he can get through because he wasn't gonna make it through two lines with her cutting into his hand i'm sorry Girl, when I tell you I was laughing during this whole surgery, <laughs> like you just an idiot. You are just an idiot. Yes. But and you I know mean, what? You honestly, see her cutting into his hand. And, oh. and the thing is, we really needed that after Ferguson Claire conversation. Mm-hmm. There's different points in this right. where we just needed a tad bit of a break. And this was hilarious. Mm-hmm. We needed it. We needed it because... And then you want to... Wait a second. You're getting surgery because I have it on the site. You're having surgery in one hand and you're trying to hold the Bible and read when you're in severe pain. Mm-hmm. Knock me out. And how are you going to... Like, also, too, how are you going to... Turn the page? Right. Because Jamie is standing behind you to help steady you so that you don't move. Because, of course, mm-hmm. Claire's cutting into your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your your natural instinct when you feel pain is to jerk and try to pull away, but you can't do that because your dumb ass didn't want to go to sleep. So you're sitting there with your hand cut open and your hand on the Bible, and you're trying to do that, and you're trying to drink at the it just the whole scene. I was just like, you just dumb, you just dumb. But he gets his surgery done. And he has to stay there overnight. We'll talk about that. Girl, okay. So Roger goes with your man to round up the troublemakers, you know, the kids who it's need whoopings. Mm-hmm. And they come across Aiden. And he's begging Roger not to tell his mom. And Roger's like, no, we're not telling the parents, but we do want to talk to the kids. You know, we want to talk to y'all. And as he's talking to Aiden, he hears Aiden's mom scream, goes into the cabin. And she thinks that her, I, I forgot what was it. She had a, a something in a basket and she thought it was bewitched or something. Yes. Because yes, the noise it was making. And <laughs> and so she's, she's asking Roger to like, yeah, can you bless this or whatever? He's like, I'm not, I'm not a minister. She was like, oh, I understand that. But the sermon that you did at the funeral last week, we were right. so moved by, by I, Roger's going to end up being a minister just because. Okay. That's what I was going to say, because if we, on the rate we're going, I need him to realize mm-hmm. he is the minister. And I think I, I do remember, like I said, I do remember that happening in the books. I think it happened a little bit earlier in the books, though, because he actually did. Um, I think there was like a course he was supposed to take or something. He was supposed to go train up under somebody. And I believe he did that. So I do believe he becomes a. he actually does become a minister 
on the ridge. I think that is what his true calling is. If he can't really, you know, if he can't go back to the future and teach, then I think mm-hmm. I, I do. And believe- that's how that's how he's viewed. Mm-hmm. So that's so. So I'm like, go ahead and do this job because that's how they see you. Mm-hmm. However, Ada's mom, again, I don't know. I'm just. Why are you scared of a frog? You didn't even you didn't yeah. even bother to look. You just think that it's something that's I don't know something's possessing your what it's oh it was in the milk that's what it was first of all I'm not drinking that milk now I'm not well, drinking that milk I'm thinking y'all need a whole new bucket because this is not gonna work a I'm whole, not drinking that milk no whole whole new bucket Mm-mm. no no and I do feel sorry and- for her you know because she's a little overwhelmed. She does. She does have what two two small kids, no husband. The husband died on the way over. She's overwhelmed. I know, but it just seems like the rate that we're going, and maybe this is just my suspicion from just reading other novels, and we just have Ada's mom pop up, and I don't know her name. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm really hoping she's not going to cause any problems in the future now. Sometimes you know a little bit more than me in the books, but like, I don't think she would never have an issue with Roger and Brianna, but it's just them showing this woman, she's going to have to find her another man. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can see her later depending a lot on Roger when mm-hmm. he has to go home. Yeah. So, I mean, it was nice of him in the beginning, a couple of episodes ago. Oh, I'm going to build her a cabin. You know, that's my mission. That's my goal. I'll feel good about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You sit next to her. It's something about sitting next to her in that cabin. I'm thinking she's going to start liking you in a minute if you keep coming around. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, because she's talking about how much she <laughs> I'm misses sorry. Scotland and right. all this other stuff. And he was like, I'm not going to let you starve. I promise. And I was like, okay, Roger. Um. I'm gonna need you to not be making promises and right. right. Because, so and, and because I know that Roger, I I don't doubt his devotion to Brianna. That okay. I'm not worried about. Mm-mm. But I will say this: sometimes men can be a little naive, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of starting to see that with Roger. Like, I don't yeah. think that. I, what's her name? Widow? Is it McCallum? I think I can't remember her last name, but I think. Like, I see her getting dependent on him, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you have a young son who needs a father figure. And I just don't want her to get it in her mind that that's going to be Roger. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Roger already has a child. Yes. So, a family. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm sorry. Life. Just mm-hmm. my opinion. and. Roger and his authority and the way he's walking around, he's looking really good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, she's a widow, she's single. Right. But I'm going to tell you now, she don't want that fight with Brianna. No, she doesn't. She don't, she don't want that beef. She, she, don't. Be, she would not be prepared for that. Not at, at all. Because Brianna is a whole different breed of woman. She's not the frail sit back and I'm going to I'm going to sit here and cry about what my situation is. No, absolutely not at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. She don't want those hands. (laughs) 
<laughs> she don't want at that. all. So she just needs to go ahead and like learn to keep her distance. Like, thank you, Rod. Especially in those times, mm-hmm. like, Roger, you don't need to be in that woman's house. See, that's what I was thinking. Like, literally, I mean, he helped and then he's sitting there, he's comforting her and she's already vulnerable. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. please don't let this be an issue. Yeah. We don't need the Mm -hmm. whole, oh, well, I thought he, mm -mm. no, you didn't. He's building a cabin. He's helping me with my son. No. Yeah. We don't need them Mm -hmm. issues. Nope. Mm -mm. Not at all. Mm -mm. Not at all. I can tell you now, we're going to have those issues on the ridge. We just don't need them with her. I, I, I'm just saying we, we're going to have some issues on the ridge. So, yes, we are now going back to his, going back to his wife, Brianna. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you are making things for your son, mm-hmm. please don't make things that are from the future. And the then spinning teach, wheel. And then, yeah, the spinning wheel too. I didn't think about the spinning wheel, but then you make him a car. He's going a room, room. It's a room, room. It's not a car. It's a room, right. room. However, you made him a car. So I understand Brianna feels the need to create. And she feels the need to make things a little bit easier for them on the ridge. But, baby, we don't need people calling you a witch, too. No. And then also, at this point, I'm going to end up suing you for copyright. Because clearly, I don't need things to be out before they need to be out. So then you start to question if they really keep up with time travel. Then what really came first? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, did the person who created the car, did they actually see his toy when they were visiting maybe the on in the city? You you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So please stop making things that was in your time for your child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that complicates things. I'm just saying. It's it's just it. And you have to do some explaining. Right. Right. Because, you know, Marceline's like, why do you call them rooms? And she's like, oh, it's just a sound that he he makes when he plant them. Okay, but where where did he get that sound from? You know, where did you you come up with this idea for this spinning wheel? Even though it's it's nice and Marceline took to it. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to make it easier. Yeah, which I'm glad because Marceline needs something to distract her from all the bullshit that she's going through right and then she said it will make it her get quicker with her work so she can spend time with the baron so she's enjoying the invention right but you don't have to do a lot of explaining i need like i know claire told her to not hide who she is and that she can't be afraid but i need you to act with a little more caution brie just just a little bit because you you doing a little too much first. first you got the matches. Now you got the 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 spinning wheel. And there was something else that she had. What was it that she had invented last year? Had something to do with the water. Bringing running. I, I don't remember. She she invented something else. But yeah, I'm gonna need her. To- no, that's later. Huh. She did no, she did something last year too. It was like maybe it was like a latrine or something that she had created. She did something last season. So you say, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm shaking my head at her right now. I mean, because when your mom does it, she does it where people don't really know. 
she's using it just to help with the medicine. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is going to start a a new fab on the ridge. All the ladies on the ridge is going to want a spinning wheel and it's going to spread out to when they travel. I got this spinning wheel. I have Mm -hmm. matches. I'm just saying, just make little changes, just little ones to make life easier. Little ones. A little bit. But this is Bree. She's headstrong. Right. And she needs a purpose. Clearly. She does. She and and you know, it can't be the oh, I'm just gonna sit here and wait to get knocked up type of right. purpose. So she because that's all that's something. all they're expecting mm-hmm. her. To, well, not Claire and Jamie and all them, but everybody else, that's all they're expecting. Oh, you're the wife, you're supposed to be helping out. And you know, the only worthwhile thing you can do is get pregnant. No, she needs something else to do. Look, maybe she needs to teach and teach them badass little kids. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I see Brianna as a teacher, though. I don't know if she has that patience. Because what was her what was a, her career focus in the future? I think she was a history major at first, and then she switched to engineering. So I think she switched to engineering after Frank died. So she that's what she was doing. Okay. So it makes sense for what she's doing here because that's always been her interest. Remember when she took Roger to the school for Frank's um, memorial uh, ceremony or his dedication, mm-hmm. she was talking about the construction and the architecture of the campus. So it makes sense. It does. But you got to now start to create some things that are on your own and different than recreating something that has already been created and you have seen it in different forms and you're just Mm -hmm. recreating it. But like you said, now that makes you wonder because she's traveled into the past and because she's making these. So the people who have made them before or for us before now it's coming after Brianna has done it. So did they get the idea because they found that's what I was saying. What did Brianna made and then encountered it. Right. And then who's gonna be able to say, oh no, you didn't you didn't invent that. Somebody else invented it because Brianna is not probably not gonna attach her name to any of this. Like it'll be known throughout the ridge, oh, she created this, but as far as like keeping records mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It's probably not, they're probably not going to do that, especially on the ridge, because they know how dangerous that can be. Think about what happened with Claire writing down all of the stuff under the guise of Dr. Rawlings, and then Mm -hmm. it accidentally made its way out there, and then she got found out. So they are well aware that, okay, we can't really associate this with Brianna in a way that'll stick. Right. So they have to be careful with that. But... She still need to be a little careful when mm-hmm. creating her inventions. That's she all does. I'm saying. She does. If I'm one of the ladies or gentlemen that she's creating something for, I'm grateful for it. However, I just need her to be a little bit careful and just kind of think it out. Not right. so that you can have a purpose and you feel fulfilled, but okay, let's put a plan in place. Right. But the other thing too, I think is that Kind of like they should have told, I feel like they should have told Fergus and like we feel like they should have told Fergus about them coming from the future. 
they need to let Marsley know as well. I think they do. That's family. Aside from anybody else on the ridge, and Ian already knows he figured it out because of Otter Tooth. So now you kind of need, need to let uh, Ferguson Marsley know as well so that they are not in the dark about things. I know Marsley would probably look at it like, oh, so Claire, you are a witch because you traveled through time. But, but it will have... start, it'll make sense to her a lot of the things, even right. though she trusts Claire. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it would just, it would make things a lot easier for yeah. them. And I think Ferguson Marsley would do a good job of keeping that knowledge, you know, kind of like Myrta. Myrta was the last person I would expect for them to be like, oh, okay, so this is what's going on. But you saw Jamie was in conflict because he knew of certain things that was going to happen. And it was contrary to what they were trying to do. So Myrta was like, you are doing everything opposite. Like you're here as the right-hand man of Bonnie Prince Charlie, but you're doing what you're trying to do to sabotage his campaign. Like what the fuck? What's, what's going on? Right. So at and that then point, a few times he did even say, and just because she clear said something to you, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. So at so that point you to. kind of had to tell him, so that he could understand why you're saying one thing, but you're acting another way. Like it doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. I feel like if Dougal would have known that as well, things would have been different. But of course you can't tell. I don't think Dougal would have been. That wasn't a p- good person to tell. No, because he really would have looked at Claire as like a witch or an enchantress or mm-hmm. someone who was taking Jamie away from what he was quote unquote supposed to be doing. So I don't think Dougal would have been. Colum, maybe. I think if Colum had been told, he might've been a little bit more open to it, especially given that the bard that used to come and sing at the castle specifically sang a song about the people who traveled through the stones. So Mm. Colum might've been a little bit more open-minded to it but yeah i i think at some point they need to tell ferguson marsley i don't know if they do in the books because again i haven't gotten that far which i was just looking at the books today and i was like i want to read the books but of course when the hell am i gonna have time time to do that you don't have time so i might have to try the audiobooks now i have heard the audiobooks are really really good because of the um because of the narrator, and I cannot think of her name right now, but apparently she does an extraordinary job with all of the different voices and the accents. So I may just have to do the audiobooks. But again, audiobooks is weird for me, especially like, and even like trying to listen to other podcasts, because most of the time I'm at work. And when I'm not at work, I'm here at home and I'm either recording the podcast or editing the podcast, which means I don't have time to listen to any others at home. Trying to listen to them at work is so different because I'll be listening and then I'll get so into what I'm doing work-wise. And then I look up and 20 minutes have gone by and I have not absorbed anything that I've been listening to. So it's weird with podcasts and audiobooks, but I'm gonna have to figure that out because I really want to know what's going on in this story. And well, mm-hmm. one of our um, panels, they did say that the audiobooks were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people did listen to on their way to work and coming home from work. 
I'm the same as you. I'm only working like 10 minutes from home. So I don't even think, because I think for, for me, it's, it's a, five. Yeah, it's probably five, five, and, five minutes. And that's not a lot. No. So, and then I tried to listen to, I'm like you, I tried to listen to an audio book one night where I didn't want to have MSNBC on in the background. I didn't want any shows in the background. So I said, okay, let me listen to the Bridgerton season one audiobook. It may have played for three minutes and I woke up in the middle of the night and it was still playing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so clearly I understand that. It's like finding the time to listen to and actually pay attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think because there's so many things going on that it's just hard to like focus. Like even if I start listening and I start cleaning up, once I get into that zone, I'm tuning everything out. So mm-hmm. I'm going ha- to have to figure it out because I do want to know what happens in the books. Like I said, I've read up to book six, I think. Yeah, I've read up to book seven. I've read up to book seven. And th- I think book seven, I'm kind of sort of like, I don't really remember much of it because that was the book that I kind of got bored halfway through so I don't remember much about it but I also had a lot going on at the time that I was reading it so that's one of those things like I'm reading it but I'm not really absorbing it Mm -hmm. I need to go back but yeah I'm like curious like do Fergus and Marsley ever really find out what Claire and Brianna and Roger are I think they do but I'm not sure but they need to at this point they need to know and in the show they need to know they Mm -hmm. need to know they are family. That is your son. You keep saying you, you're my son. You're my daughter. Okay. So tell your children what's going on so they can better understand what's going on and they can better, you know, deal with that. Although I think too, I feel like maybe if, if Fergus and Marsley know the truth, maybe they'll start to act a little bit differently and maybe people will start paying attention to that. So I, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't. But, but they're I the part of like... the inner circle. The inner circle should know mm-hmm. what is going on just in case something pop off. Right. Just, I, I, just, I do believe that. Like right now when they have to make the decision of um, about the upcoming war and the sides they take, you know, they're going to follow Jamie, Jamie no matter what. However, it'll be nice to know why. Oh, this is the reason why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to make sure we can get other people aboard kind of on the side, but trying to help out the cause. Yeah. And we can keep all our eyes and ears open to all the, the noise that's happening. Just mm-hmm. in case, you know, we don't want anyone getting caught up, going to jail, killed. We can all kind of protect each other. So they all kind of need to know. Yeah, I do feel that too. So... But so while Tom Christie is getting his hand sliced open, his daughter is being nosy, looking in the window, you know, trying to see loving, what's going on. She's loving him in pain. Oh, I would, too, if I was her. But also, you have to remember, he's probably getting that hand fixed so that he can grasp that belt so that he can discipline her when he feels like she's not doing what he wants her to do. So she's probably just looking, trying to see, okay, this is what's going on. And, you know, again, she has stated that she has a curious, um, that she is curious about 
healing and everything. So maybe she's looking like she can't be there because of course her father would one frown upon the fact that she's there watching Claire do this because he doesn't think that that's something she needs to be doing. And then two, he doesn't want her seeing him in pain. Bingo. Yeah. Is that one number Mm -hmm. two? Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to see, don't want her to see him in pain at all. So while she's, while she's spying on him, Ian comes up and converses with her. I think this is the first time they've actually met. And he walks her back to her part of Fraser's Ridge. And I'm just sitting there looking like, don't do it, Ian. Don't do it. That's how I was feeling, too. And I was thinking, oh, we're not turning this into a relationship, are we? I don't. They don't match. And I'm, put, I'm putting it right now. We're going to have to have a stop to this. We have to stop this relationship. You know, I just. So I've Two already told people. you. I've already told you the Christie's cause chaos on the ridge. So we already know that there's about to be some chaos there. And the way it's looking like Malva is starting to be more and more in the picture. And she's starting yes, to kind is. of see how things are. But her being curious about everything, especially after she heard Ferguson Marsley right before Marsley gave birth. And Claire having to talk with her about sex being something healthy that women can also desire and not just the men. I don't need you trying to figure out this sex thing. Not with Ian. Not with Ian. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. First of all, we're two different people. We're on two different levels. This man had a whole wife, which we don't know anything about yet. He had a son. You're not prepared for that. And you're not going to break his heart. Poor child. I don't know if it was a son because I, I, when I was editing our other thing, I remember saying, son. I was like, wait, they never did say son. They said, he said I had a child. So we don't oh. know if it was a son or not. And we but, just yeah. assumed it was a, it yeah, was I a think boy, we did. a child. Yeah. We did. Mm-hmm. So there are two different levels. I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not here for that relationship. Now the twins and mm-hmm. Lizzie. Yeah. Which I'm for it. <laughs> but not Ian and Melva. No, I'm sorry. So as far as the twins and Lizzie go, I'm assuming you've already read the, the spoiler or what goes on with them. For next week? No. Uh, well, just in general with them. because No, that, I have not. I oh, try okay. not to. I try okay. not to. I'm going by just watching it and a little bit of bit you give me from the book and that yeah. is it but you can kind of see how it's going because they always do the with the camera the three they like go from her to to one brother then back to her to then the other brother then cross so i'm like okay yeah because her aunt it's all three of them yeah I, yeah because the way that she interacts with them Sometimes she's with one brother and then sometimes she's with another brother and then sometimes she's interacting with both of them, but her demeanor never changes. Like never changes. It's almost like she's attracted to both and can't make up her mind. And of course it seems like they are both attracted to her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting little thing because if, if you're in her position, one, you've got these two twins they look, they're identical. They look alike, but obviously she's learned, you know, just through her interactions with them, which one is one and which one is the other. And then of course we have to remember with Josiah, he was the, no, was it Kezi that was the one that was 
that had the boss ears. I think it was it was Kezzy. Yeah, I don't remember, but it was it was, it was one who I, I think it was Kezzy. Who couldn't talk and things, but you said because of the appendix being taken out, he should be fine. His tonsils, yeah. Kezzy. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's Kezzy. So as he started developing his ability to speak again, she probably has noticed little differences with them and, and is able to tell them apart. I'm one of those people. I'm very bad about telling twins apart. I have to like really, really know twins for a long time before I can just like pick them out, especially if they're identical. I can't do it. And even on the show, like when I'm looking at them, I have not been able to tell, okay, like watching the both of them, like how do you tell which one is Kezi and how do you tell which one is Josiah? I can't tell them apart either. I can't either. And I worked with two twins. They looked exactly alike. They had the same haircut. Um, they dressed the same, mm. even at work. At the, you know, at the age of, they probably were about 40-something. And the only way for me to tell the difference is the voice. One had a tad bit of a deeper mm. voice than the other. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and of course, it's kind of hard with this because the two twins are played by the same actor. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he's not, not changing. He's not changing his voice. Not, we don't. No. I don't know. And I, I and but. maybe that's maybe that's on purpose to be part of the story and and to to make us see why she might have an attraction to both of them because they're pretty much the same person. They have slightly mm-hmm. different personalities, but in regards to her, they're both very respectful. They both obviously like her and she obviously likes both. So that's going to be a whole interesting thing. But you know what? Y'all stay over there and deal with Lizzie. Uh, don't the because. So, again, Malva and Ian, I'm not here for it. OK, so hopefully it was just a little filler for this um, episode. OK, I know. like we um uh that's what i'm hoping yeah so uh my next favorite part is jamie and the badass kids but (laughs) that scene was funny because he his his form of punishment he's like oh okay so y'all thought that because Henri christian is a dwarf that if you touch him you'll burn yourself Okay, so we're about to see this. And he puts a poker in the fire and pulls it out. And he says, okay, you have a choice. You can either go touch him or you can touch the poker. I was looking like. That's some old school parenting. That's an old school grandpa right there. But what happens if they decide, okay, I'm going to touch the poker. But that's what Claire asked him. Like, what happened? What if they choose to touch the poker? And he was like, "Uh oh, well. They would have got burned. I mean, mm-hmm. that's their decision. Okay. <sighs> Luckily, was they decided to touch the baby and then, you know, made a connection with Henri. That was so cute, though, because mm-hmm. he was, like, giggling and stuff. And they realized, okay, it is nothing wrong with the baby. He's just a baby. Right. He's just like you guys. Just mm-hmm. a little bit different, but he's just like you. Mm-hmm. So... But it was just funny. He was like, touch the pot poker or touch the baby. I was like, 
So is in I was I was really wondering. So are any of these kids gonna be like, I'm gonna go touch the poker because I don't want to touch that baby? I really thought, you know, they would have at least one who would be like, okay, well, maybe, but I'm I'm glad they didn't. But it would have been funny if they had thrown that twist in. <laughs> Cause then what do you do? Like, you sure you want to touch the hot poker? You saw your friends, they touched the baby, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But I found it funny that the older kids made all the younger ones do it first. So then you could see why Germain was doing mm-hmm. what he was doing or, you know, why he let them do what th- they did to Henri Christian. But even after they touched him, he said, see, I told y'all he wasn't a demon. So he obviously tried to convince them. And of course, because of their beliefs or what their parents taught them, they thought he was lying. Right. And, you know, and he- but. Yeah. And he definitely, and then again, he wanted it to be where they did it and they will be left alone and they can see that nothing was wrong. Yeah. And, you know, Jamie tells them when you harm him, you harm me because that child belongs to me. That mm-hmm. is my grandchild. He belongs to me. And then when all the, when all the other boys leave, he tells Jermaine too. He's like, that's your brother. He belongs mm-hmm. to you too. You're supposed to protect him and take care of him. And I think now he understands, mm-hmm. you know, again, he's only a little kid. He's probably at this point, maybe five, six, because I think, or maybe a little bit older, but Marsley has had these kids pretty much back, 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 back. back. Mm-hmm. So he can't be too much older than Jimmy. So I think maybe he, he has learned his lesson. I think he has. I think the kids had too. Now, Roger talking about Moses kind of was like, okay, but I don't think the parents, maybe the parents knew, not their parents, but all of the adults knew what happened. So when he talked about Moses, and you think, because I was like, hmm. I don't know, because when he talked about it, they were, it's almost like they were looking like, oh, okay, this is a good sermon. And then the little kids were the ones who were like, so it wasn't so really for the parents. It wasn't for the parents. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. the parents are looking around like, okay, Moses. Sounds right. good. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, okay, yeah, these parents I, don't know what their kids did. I don't think so. Mm-mm. I don't think so. So, which also means that Tom Christie has not spoken to those parents no, yet. at all. The same or way has happened. not spoken to his people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, not at all. Again, I'm going to vote for Roger as minister. So, I mean, he does have some good sermons. Yes. And people, I think he has enough of an influence that people will listen to him, Mm -hmm. even though he's a little bit different, you know, Um, you know, because you have the Presbyterians and then you have the Catholics there. So it's kind of like. I guess two sides of the same coin in a way, like the fundamentals are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It's just some of your other teachings are a little different. different. Mm-hmm. And Roger, but like a trusting person, he looks like he can meet people in the middle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he'll make a great minister. Yeah, he will. But that's all I need him to be. <laughs> I, like I said, I don't think we have 
I don't think we have anything to worry about Roger when it comes to the widow, but still, it's kind of like, Roger, you're in different times. Mm -hmm. You know, a a married man is not supposed to be in a house alone with a single woman or a widow. So you're going to need to watch that, even though you're just trying to be helpful and you're just trying to, you know, he he has that giving heart. Mm -hmm. He wants to be able to help and he wants to make sure that she's not going to struggle because I think, too, in a way, he feels for her because of what Brianna had to go through when he wasn't right. there. And his mom, you know? so his think, mom too. So you got to look at his, yeah. his background. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think he just genuinely wants to yeah. help. But unfortunately, it's kind of like you are trying to be helpful with the 1960s mentality. Mm-hmm. And you need to dial that back 200 years and make sure that you are doing things in a way that is proper for the time so that nothing um you know nothing happens that should not be happening or you know even back then people were good for starting rumors back then so even if he wasn't doing anything all it takes is one person or tom christie to look at the situation and think oh well he's spending too much because you can you can almost guarantee tom christie is not staying in nobody's house none nobody And I think that's another reason, too, when you think about it, when he's down at the ridge and when he's at the big house with Claire, Jamie is always around for the most part. And even and he's outside. Right. And he even struggled with staying in the operating room overnight. And she came down in her nightwear. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, because Claire and thinking about Claire is like, I don't want you trying to check on you. Clearly, she's not thinking, I don't want you. My man's upstairs. I'm just trying to see if you need some help, if you need something. Right. Because if you have a choice between Jamie Fraser and Thomas Christie. That's not where you go. That is no choice. There's no choice to that. So clearly she didn't care. She came down to check on her patient. Mm-hmm. And he, so. he was a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. with her. And then she was talking to the cat and he was like, who were you were you speaking to someone she was like oh i was just talking to the cat and no the cat's not my familiar he was like i didn't i don't think you're a witch and she was like oh really because everybody else seems to and like i said she's down there talking to the cat and of course like we don't think any of that i talk to my cats all the time yeah and he's, he's like a, don't think- a smart man i don't you know i don't think that you yeah. caring for her rubbing on the his hand trying to get him to massage his own hand he was so uncomfortable he was that that made a good point later when claire says to jamie like does he have some issue with women because he was just really uncomfortable with me and that brought up that brought up (laughs) them gossiping about his (laughs) his wife wife and the fact that malva at her age and is is it a connection like is that really his child and right, I'm like, because supposedly he may have been in Arsmere when Malva was what they say when he when she was conceived or when when she was born. But either way it goes, like the math don't add. It up. doesn't. So it's like, oh, they convinced me hmm. as they were talking about this. I'm like, oh, OK. And it didn't help that later the next day, Jamie trying to get some tea from her. He asked all kind of questions. I say, you know what? Y'all wrong. 
And that's the other thing. Jamie don't need to be alone with her either. No, I thought that same thing too. I was like, okay, this looks a little, I mean, of course, his land and he's very helpful. But I just, for her, I don't want her to go off and be thinking, oh, he was, he showed some interest in me. Because she doesn't really know when a man is really interested in her or not. Because she hasn't experienced that. She's just been Mm -hmm. around her, her, I'm assuming she's just really been around. Her dad and her, her brother, dad and her brother, and maybe mm-hmm. some other men who who are married to the women in their little group. However, she doesn't know that him just you know showing like asking questions, taking her basket, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. no, please don't do that. Right, may- like don't give her any ideas because she seems like the type that would take that and be like, oh, mm-mm. take it and we run. Need- so I was thinking the same no. thing when he was helping her while he's trying to get information. Right. But um, yeah, if you think about it, though, if what Claire and Jamie are speculating about Malva and her paternity, that would probably make a lot of sense as far as why he is the way he why Tom Christie is the way he is with her. Mm -hmm. If he suspects or if he knows that Malva is not his that might explain why he treats her the way he does and also why he always speaks about his wife with such disdain. Yeah. Because if she had a baby on him with somebody else and we don't know, like I said, we still don't know what happened to his, to his wife. But, no idea. Right. And you know, and it's because of how he feels about the wife and that's not his daughter. Well, that. Malva can look like his ex-wife. Well, not his ex-wife, his his dead wife will look like her. And he will take out his frustration, his anger, all his feelings on her. And again, Mm -hmm. that's why he had to get his hand put back together so he can continue to take out his frustrations, anger, or whatever he's into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On his daughter. Because at this point, she's your daughter. You have raised her. Right. But the other thing, too, is Malva seems like an educated girl, maybe not as educated as Claire or Brianna, but she seems to me like she might know some things, yeah, you know, and she seems to when we see her working with Claire, she seems to be she seems to pick up on whatever Claire is showing her, you know, even though we've only seen it a couple of times, but she's very attentive. We know she has the. Um, interest in like healing. And of course, to be a healer, you have to be smart. You have to pay attention because there's so many things that can go wrong when you're dealing with medicines and, Mm -hmm. you know, stitching up people and all this other stuff. So she has to have some kind of intelligence, natural intelligence, if not necessarily book smarts, because her father may not have, you know, allowed her to do whatever. So if she working with Claire, especially learning about delivering babies. I'm sure Claire has probably explained a few things to her about the process. So I'm just thinking if Malva knows the basics about birthing and about how long it takes for a woman to have a baby, maybe she has also figured this out that, oh, that's not really my father. And maybe that's one of the reasons why when he's trying to beat her or whatever, she's she's looking at him with glee when he can't 
spank her Mm -hmm. or why she sits there and she takes it when he does. Because like you said in the last episode, he told her to pull up her skirt. She pulled it up and she looked like she was just going to take it. And then I believe it's at the end of this episode where we see him actually spanking her because his hand is here. Is that this episode? Yes, it is. And and the look on her face again was like, okay, here we go again. Right. And she didn't, she didn't utter a sound. Mm -hmm. She didn't. So I feel like she might also know that she might understand that that's his way of taking out his anger about the whole situation. And I just feel like in her mind, you know, maybe she's not plotting for him to fall off a horse, but I have a feeling she's just collecting all of this information. Yeah, but you can tell that because even even when she walks around, she's paying close attention. She's observant. She's paying close attention to different things. I think that's another Mm -hmm. reason why she's smart. Like when her dad was doing something or brother was doing, she was in the corner. She's paying attention. She's always paying mm-hmm. attention. That's why she was even watching through the um, window when her dad was having surgery. So she's always mm-hmm. paying attention. And I can see her coming to a point knowing that that is not her dad. When you start piecing right. together, like, when were you in prison again? Mm-hmm. When did mom die? When was I born? Yeah. So I can yeah. definitely see that. And how I, even with Ian, I'm almost thinking if she wasn't trying to get with him, she also could be like a little spy. Like she can start gathering information about everyone. Okay, I got some information about Marcy and Fergus. Okay, I got some information about Claire. I got information here. I got information there. And she puts it together to help her because she's going to need it. Or hopefully, wait a minute. Let me change what I said about that because I want her to use it for bad. I want her to use it for good. Yeah, I mean, she she could be, like you said, she could be gathering information because, again, her father doesn't let her do anything. Mm -hmm. And she may be in that, you know, it's kind of like one, she, she's a single girl Two, in this day and age, someone her age should have already been married. You know what I'm saying? In, in the, in these times, you don't let just a a young, single, attractive young lady just quote unquote, go to waste. She's supposed to be courting. She's supposed to have been arranged to someone you know, and if she didn't whatever. know that, if she didn't know that, Jamie gave her that idea on their little walk in the meadow. Oh, you should have men chasing you around. Yeah, I'm like, okay, don't give her. She's like, well, please don't say that to my father. <laughs> please don't. So at some point, he her- has to realize that she has to get married. I mean, what she's going to do? Just just follow him around so he can beat her till he's seventy years old. Stay there and take care of him. That's probably she. He's probably like, okay, that's your punishment for which you know. Again, in in this day and age, men would tend to blame children for their pain. You know, right. sins of father, but also, sins of mother, whatever. At this point in time, he would have gotten a second wife by now too. Who gonna marry him? Well, he can find. I don't know. <laughs> Aiden's mom. I mean, you know, maybe they can get together. I don't know. I, you know what? I feel we'll like to find someone who was who admires him and thought he was doing a great thing with the church. It's going to be hard to find him a second wife, but he really should by now have a second wife. I think part of the issue is, like Claire said, it, he has a problem with women, probably because of the fact that his wife may have stepped out on him. So if that's the case, he he seems to me 
like he would be the type of person that would blame her, that would take her transgressions and assign them to all women. So all women can't be trusted. I'm not about to, you know, she was, she was the devil. She was a whore. She was whatever. And as such, all women fall under that. He seems to me like he would be the type to have that mindset. So that's probably why he hasn't remarried. Right. He was like, yeah, I'm not about to, I'm not about to deal with no, no distrustful woman again. And no. And he does have that mindset because he applies it towards Claire, especially when she gives him a book to read. And then he sees (laughs) the word, the F word, not spelled correctly in the book. And then says, I thought better of you. And she's laughing like, really? I mean, you can really? The funny thing was every time he, like, she gives him this book and they have a little bit of a bonding moment because she's checking his hand and and he sees the book and she talks about the fact that, you know, he doesn't read novels. And he was like, yeah, my wife used to read them. That's the first time we've heard him say something about his wife that wasn't negative. But he talks about the fact that he thought that that was like just flits of fancy. He's mm-hmm. never he's never read recreationally before. But he remembers that Jamie used to read a lot because in the prison, he would recount the stories that he's read to the men to kind of take their minds off of the fact that they were in prison. And he said that he could see how that would just kind of temper the men, you know, make them kind of not necessarily hopeful, but it would distract them from the woes of being in prison. Mm -hmm. And so she offers him the book, you know, Hey, take the book. You can read it. And it's so funny because as he's reading it and he keeps coming across the F word, he's looking, he's just like, and that's all he's making his face. Like, yeah, like he's in pain. Mm -hmm. And then he stops and he tries to read it again. And he still comes across this word. And it's just, it's almost like it's physically painful for him to read these four little letters. And I cracked up looking at his expression like it's not even her like those aren't her words those are the words that were in a book and I'm sorry even though it's yes a novel and it's like fanciful or whatever you have to be an educated person to write a book right but he couldn't get through that so at that point he was like the things I thought about Claire I was wrong I thought you were better than this she just she just scoffs yeah (laughs) i need tom christie to get it together so um um before we get to the tough parts mm -hmm. we we have to get through because we have mentioned everything except for those couple of tough scenes Mm -hmm. um one thing that i truly enjoyed was the again jamie and claire's relationship and one thing is when they were in bed, when they were talking about prison and just that, that they can talk about anything with each other and that she mm-hmm. can simply ask the question of, you know, they were just talking about the touching in prison, about making a connection and feeling, you know, better. And then she just simply asked him, you know, did you touch any, you know, were you touched or touching during prison time? And mm-hmm. he was just saying no, but I just appreciate that they just show that 
they can have those conversations and you won't be like, right. Someone touched me and I touched someone in prison, but understanding this was prison. This is the time that they were in prison, you know, and Mm -hmm. when you're lonely and you just want comfort. So I just appreciate Mm -hmm. how they always give us a, a little bit of just a man and woman's relationship or any relationship where you can talk freely with each other and, and have those conversations and there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I really love that scene because again, we know that Jamie has been in prison before and we know what happened when he was in prison with black Jack Randall. And, you know, I think Claire understands that that's not something that Jamie would ever voluntarily do. I mean, we saw the reaction he had when he was first meeting Lord John Gray and John Gray just simply touched his hand. And when I think back on that scene, I don't think Lord John was doing that in a sexually forward way. I don't think he he meant anything by it, but they were they were bonding about two lost loves and of Mm -hmm. course at this point jamie doesn't know that lord john gray is attracted to men and he doesn't say it he just talks about the fact that he he lost someone that was close to him and you can kind of understand how like he didn't specifically come out and say yes this was my lover but the way that he relayed the Mm -hmm. story you could tell that that was who this person was to him. And I think Jamie got that as well. But when Lord John touched his hand, I don't think he meant anything suggestive towards it, but just the fact that they had just had that conversation. And then he did that. And Jamie's last touch by a man was not gentle. It was was not consensual. So I think... Claire understands that Jamie would not voluntarily do that. Like there's nothing about Jamie that is gay. We are very aware. Yeah. Um, But the fact that he understands that, okay, you know, sometimes when people are in prison that happens. Yeah. The loneliness. Most of those men. Finding comfort. It was really not even Mm -hmm. about being gay. It was just finding comfort. And I just like that she was able to ask him that question. Now he was like, no, Mm -hmm. because I pretty much just really thought of you. Right. And he was like, my man respected, you know, my, mm-hmm. my ran, my men looked at me as their lair. So they would never approach me in that no. way anyway, you know? And, you know, I love the fact that they continuously, like when Claire was in the future, she always thought of Jamie to kind of ground her or to comfort her. And Jamie in his time again at this point he thinks Claire is like Claire is gone she's not you know, coming he back happened to her he doesn't know if she even at this point made it through the stones he doesn't know if she's still alive like she could have died upon arriving back in her time something could have happened to her you know he has no knowledge of what she's going back to in the future so all he can think of is the presence of her and I love that we always see that when we're talking about them, him in the past, her in the future, and they always ground each other through everything. Like those were some really tough times that Jamie went through and Claire was with him through all of that. And of course we got to see him reciprocate that in the last season. But like you said, them being able to talk about this thing and it not be an uncomfortable conversation. They just, it, it was just a naturally flowing natural, conversation. Very natural. And everyone could just 
I think of your daughter when I'm saying this. Everyone can just hope for a relationship where you can, again, have conversations mm-hmm. without judgment, uh, just about what you've been through, how you mm-hmm. feel about it. And hopefully, Jamie can give that to her when she comes to a point when she's ready to talk. Because at some point, she's going to need to talk to them. Yeah. Because I have a feeling, I don't know if she's going to voluntarily tell him about her ether use or if he's going to happen upon it. I'm thinking. And and see what she's doing. I'm thinking happen upon it. Because now it's being too blatant. Like, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah. She's, you know. Because I think even when she goes downstairs to check on Tom Christie, she she, I, she, wanted, she wanted to. to. You know she did. But of course, he's in, he's in her surgery bed, so she can't. And just, he said something, because if he was passed out, she would have got her, got her little, her little cloth, poured something mm-hmm. on there, she went outside on the porch or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's, what, I, that's I that really what too. she really wanted to do. So... Yeah. Hopefully we can, it's going to come to a point where someone's going to find out. Mm-hmm. And just like she has helped, like they have helped each other through many um, issues that he can help her through this. And mm-hmm. have those hard conversations about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so b- before we get to the hard, hard parts, there is that other scene with um, Ian and Malva where they're talking and, you know, I think we see a little bit of we see a little bit of the struggle that Ian has here because he's talking to Malva, which I like that he does have someone closer to his own age to talk to. Mm-hmm. But still, it's is Malva. It's, it's I don't, wrong, I don't yeah. quite trust her. I don't quite trust her. But I love the fact that he's talking about his time with the Mohawk because, of course, she asked him about it, and he talks about how he feels like. He's kind of in between two worlds yeah. and he doesn't know where he fits in, but he's like, well, you know, I know I always have a home with uncle Jamie, you know, he would give me the shirt off his back if, if he could. And she was like, oh, so he treats you like his own son. He was like, yes. yeah, pretty much. He's given me my own land to farm here, but I don't know if this is where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of hurtful and it's kind of sad because you know that one Ian left Scotland, not because he wanted to, but he was literally kidnapped. Yeah, I'll say he had to. Yeah, he was kidnapped and they had to go after him. So they followed him to the Bahamas. It was the Bahamas, right? I believe so. Yeah, they followed him to the Bahamas and then they ended up washed up here in the new world and he's been with them and then he went to the mohawk and then he came back and it's kind of like again at this point we still don't know what happened to Ian in with the mohawk but i can imagine if you've been gone with them for however long it was i believe it may have been a couple of years because jimmy was a baby baby when ian left like brianna gave birth as they were coming back with roger so, and when he comes back, Jim is probably about two, maybe close to three years old. So he's with them for a few years. So whatever it was that caused him to come back, probably the death of his child, because again, like we said, he mentioned that he had a child. child. I cannot see Ian 
leaving without his child. So we know something didn't happen. I mean, we know something happened that wasn't great. And you know, you know has, that was very tragic. Mm-hmm. And he has a connection with them because again, he had a wife, which we don't know anything about at this point, mm-hmm. And he had a child with that wife. So again, you know, that's another part of you. Yep. And then we see when he came back, he had the tattoos. His hair is different. And even though he's been back on the ridge now, he still he mm-hmm. still has the same haircut. He still wears a lot of the um, trinkets and, you know, symbols of the Mohawk. So we know that that is very much a part of him. So he probably is like, I don't I don't know where I fit. You know, I'm not in Scotland anymore. I wasn't here to establish the ridge, you know, with them. And I was with the Mohawk and I'm not. So I like that he has someone that he can kind of just say that to without somebody judging him Mm -hmm. or saying, well, you know, Ian, Ian, you're part of our family. He, he may be, but he may not feel that way after being gone for so long. So I like that he has to talk to, but. Yeah. And his perspective is things are different. And you can mm-hmm. tell that when Jamie was a Native American representative, because again, that's like his people. And we don't know why he left because mm-hmm. he may have not wanted to leave. We don't right. know. And that's the, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, his story whenever it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. I guess we got to talk about first. Well, go with the tax day or is it, would it be considered tax day? What is it when you pay your taxes? Quarter day. Quarter day? Quarter day. Okay. That day. Well, yeah. Well, no, because we got to start with the first part. Because Marsley, when she comes, she comes back to the house and Fergus is there. Oh. And he's got drinking hands. Yes, and they should have called, already- uh, you know, defects on him because the kid's in the other room. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Can I get something to eat? So, of course, Fergus is drowning his sorrows in drink again. And at this point, Marcely has had enough. Yeah, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She is, I mean, she is pleading with him. Tell me how to help you. Tell me how to help you. He's like, you can't help me. There's nothing you can do. And he talks about how we know Fergus feels helpless. We know he feels like he doesn't contribute. We know he feels guilt for not helping her. And he's like, he's putting all of this burden on him. And so Marsley does what she thinks will help take the burden off of him. And she admits to him that she was the one who killed Lionel Brown. Like he didn't just die. I took some, I, f- I forgot which, uh, which herb it was, mm-hmm. but she was like, yeah, I killed him because he threatened to hurt our family again. And I was not going to let that happen. So I can protect our family too. Right. But instead of appreciating that, it makes Fergus even more upset mm-hmm. because he feels like Marsley as a woman should not have had to fight his battle. I don't need a woman to fight my battles. And I'm just like, can y'all please tell Fergus that y'all are from the future so y'all can school this boy on some proper. Because when he said that I don't need a woman, I was like, Fergus, you dumbass. But again, 
he he's raised in the 1700s and this is the mindset that they had back then. So basically after this argument, he's, he still talks about, you know, wanting a drink. Yeah. You, you, I know how you can help me. You can give me a drink. She's like, Oh, okay. I can give you a drink. Okay. She pours the alcohol over his head. Like get out of my house. So she kicks him out at this point, which I felt so bad for her because she breaks down after that because yeah. that's not what she wants. Again, Marceline is ride or die for Fergus. Right, but she has begged him to stop drinking, begged him to stop drinking. And then it didn't help coming home and you're like ignoring the children. Because for one thing, I know you are a great dad. Right, and exactly. To just be home where you're just, you're in the alcohol, you're in that whiskey that your kids are in the background literally screaming about some food. Dad, I'm hungry. You're right, right, right. And I'm begging you to stop drinking and you can't tell me how to help you. And then I try to help you and that wasn't good enough. Yeah, I'm just... I felt I felt the same. I felt bad for her, but then I was thinking, he's at a point where I wouldn't want to kick him out because I'll be worried. They will do something stupid. Which at this point, I'm like, you're not, you're just here and you're just causing more problems in the house. You you may need to take a breather and I need a breather. Right. Like now I have I now I have another child to take care yeah. of because that's how he's acting. Mm-hmm. But and I'm not saying that he's being stupid, but it Fergus is in that he's in that you can't really help him. Because at this point, this trauma is internalized. Mm -hmm. And nothing that anybody can say to him is going to help him at this point. I feel like except for maybe Jamie. And we do not see that conversation until towards the end of the episode Mm -hmm. when it's almost too late. You know, because Jamie comes back from his, his little walk with Malva. And he sees Fergus going into the woods. And something about that just does not feel right to Jamie. Jamie has good instincts. He follows Fergus into the woods. And we see Fergus slit his wrist. And girl, let me tell you. So I knew that that was going to happen this season because that's like the big thing that happens in the books. Like I'm sorry. I didn't know. Fergus tries to kill himself in the books. And I knew when they said that Fergus's story was going to be hard this season, I was like, oh, okay. So we're going to see the attempted suicide. I was not prepared for it to happen then because he was walking and I just, I really didn't think about, oh, this is what's about to come up. No. When, when Jamie saw him and went, Fergus, and I saw it. As it was happening, I was like, no, 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 I'm not ready. Michaela turned to look at me like, what the fuck? And then mm-hmm. Fergus slit his wrist. I just burst into tears because I was not ready to, like, I needed to be mentally prepared to see that on screen. And I was not. And I didn't even see the ratings warning at the beginning of the episode and I, where suicide right. was one and of And I did. So then at that point. And then there was the voiceover talking about what you do as a parent. I think it says something about being a parent and what you would do to protect your kids. And I'm thinking, 
this shit is about to go down right here. Mm-hmm. And then was... I didn't know if this was going to be attempted suicide or a completed suicide. I didn't know. So. Right. And that, that, that comes was the... after the, like you said, the quarter day. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, um, back in Scotland, what they used to do is all of the tenants of Laird's land, they would come and pay their quarterly taxes um, for the property or give their offerings. And they, they have something like that here on Fraser's Ridge. And what happens is Fergus is again, drunk mm-hmm. and he he's in the house drinking. And of course, um, Marsley is there. And one of the guys from the Ridge, he comes in and just starts kind of harmlessly flirting, flirting with Marsley. Yeah, there's a little bit of flirting going on. And well, I don't think it's flirting on her end. Marsley is just, she's just being friendly because mm-hmm. the guy was like, okay, well, since you're taken, uh, do you have a sister? And she was like, yeah, my sister's all the way in Scotland and she would not be doing with, the, you know, with the likes of you. She's being playful. Mm-hmm. But of course, Fergus is drunk and he's looking at it as, you know, a, a, a flirty situation um and then of course you have the bugs who are sitting there gossiping about fergus because you know or they they're looking at him like oh he's drunk and they go into the other room and then when fergus comes out of the house there is another couple there from the um you know from the ridge and they've they been watching him birds. too yeah they were right. they've been looking and they're, um, you know, they're very judgmental and they're looking at Fergus with this nasty look. And of course, Fergus at this point, he was like, um, what's the problem? Why are y'all looking at me? What, what's going on? You know, and, um, <sighs> uh, the wife <laughs> makes a comment. Yeah, I'm just I'm about Henri Christian. She makes a comment, not a, she does not appropriate one, and Fergus because I think she said something. Doesn't she say something about him being devil spawn? Yes, yes. Because her, she and her husband, they come out and they're looking, they're walking past Fergus, and they're I mean, literally, their noses are turned up like. Mm. So Fergus tells him, he was like, whatever you have to say, say it. You've been staring at me all morning the same way you stare at my son. He was like, have you never seen a man with one hand mm-hmm. before? Or dwarf. or dwarf. And she's just looking at him and he like approaches her. And I was like, Fergus, please stop. And then he was like, are we so hideous? And she was like, hideously drunk but as to your son i think grotesque may be the word and the way that lizzie and them was looking i was like oh hold up yes hold up but it's about to go it's it's about to go down and he was he did not hit he did not hit a woman but him throwing the whiskey in her face she deserved it that bitch deserved it she did but it was just i don't know why i i thought it was funny because she threw that whiskey in her face and then start beating up on the husband. Yeah, well, the husband, you know, I guess called himself trying to take up for his wife. And that ain't what you want. Because Fergus may have one hand, but he's still young and he can fight. And that that wooden hand will pack a punch, yeah. too. 
Deep and anyway, so they get they get to fighting. You know, Claire and everybody, they come up, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, Claire's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, this madman attacked me. And Lizzie was like, yeah, deservedly so, because you shouldn't have said what you said about the baby. And Claire like, and, what happened? Right. And then she tells uh, Fergus, she was like, yeah, surely it's a, it's a curse from God that the child looks this way. And Claire was like, bitch, you said, what about my grandchild? Right. Like she lost. Claire looked like she was about to fight. Once Lindsay said it, and she turned around and the, the wife started talking to her, like, start saying those things. She was about it too. Right. Like, okay. And then, of course, she started saying, yeah. And then she started saying, well, drink is the devil's juice, right? So I think in, in her way, she was trying to say that because Fergus is always so drunk. Mm-hmm. That's why. That was part of the reason why Henri Christian was like that. And she was like, you so drunk, you can't take care of your child. She was like, can you look at him? And I was just like, she just been insulting all around. But then she has to turn around and talk about, you know, yeah, drink is the devil's juice. Isn't that what you always say, Mr. Christie? And Tom is like, he like, why, why was my name called in this situation? Right. But then he's like, look, the phrases have opened their door to us. So he he does try to diffuse the situation. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we will respect them in the eyes of the Lord with pity and, kind. and kindness. So Claire's looking at him like, what the? And of course, she doesn't know at this point that he has left the book with that note saying, I thought better of you. So she doesn't understand why he's talking about them like that. Then Marsley comes out and she wants to know what's going on. And I'm kind of glad they didn't tell her at that point what happened Mm -hmm. because Marsley would have been ready to fight. She would have been ready to fight. But, you know, it's after all of this happens and stuff that, um, you know, that that Fergus tries to take his life. And um, like I said, Jamie catches him. And he staunches the bleeding and Fergus is like, let me go. And he was like, Marsley needs you. The kids need you. And he's like, I do this for them. So she can marry again. Right. And, and someone can, can take care of Henri Christian and, 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 you know, yeah, I just, and then he goes on tell him the you know all the important things that he does. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, "Look, you are an important part of this family. You are my son." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Y'all need to say this shit a little bit more often because <sighs> that poor Fergus, he needs to hear it." You know, and I know this is one of those, you know, he's in that time where you don't coddle the men like that, but he needs to hear it. He needs he to need it. an intervention. Well, yeah, that too. But they don't know about interventions back then. They don't, they don't know about it. But no, but Claire could have thought of, let's all sit around and figure out why is he drinking? Let's really talk to him. I think, but I mean. I'm always saying, we always say one good conversation. He needed yeah, one good conversation with Jamie. Claire can't talk to anybody about their addiction when she has her own that she's fighting. She's and, and you know, she's looking at what she's doing, probably not even as an addiction. It's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And for her, 
she doesn't think that what she's doing is is bad off. So maybe she's looking at Fergus and she's rationalizing it in that way as well. She's like, oh, okay, you know what? He's just using the alcohol to cope. It'll be okay. He just needs time. Claire probably didn't think that it was bad enough for Fergus to, you know, to to try to kill himself. All the conversations she had with Marcy about this situation, she could have, those little midnight conversations her and Jamie had in bed, she could have mm-hmm. said, you may want to pull him aside and just yeah. talk to him. Honey, just talk mm-hmm. to him. Like, what you mean? I don't know. But something, it's not right. Right. But the other thing, too, is I think he really did need to be reminded of how important he yeah. is. And he, he definitely because he definitely like, did. Yeah, like Jamie said, you, you took care of the family while I was at yeah. Artsmere. You helped me in my print shop and you helped me through my grief about Claire. He was like, with this one hand, you made the finest whiskey to ever pass my lips. And then let's not forget the most important thing. You lost that hand saving Jamie's life, mm-hmm. keeping him hidden from the red coats. That's the most important thing, you know? So, no, you're not useless. Right. But then he says, you're labeled as useless. But let's, you could show people what a useless man, your label, can do. Because mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. what a useless man like you can achieve. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that can show your son. That. Yes. What a you may have this useless. useless. You may have this label. But look what you can achieve. Right. So that was powerful. And yeah. And, and Jamie also tells him, he said, it's not what you can give or what you can provide that we need. We need you. Mm-hmm. We need you. And Fergus says, I'm not who I once was. And he was like, I don't know if I can be that man again. And Jamie is like, you can. We just, but you got to be here to do it. Right. You have to be here to do it. And oh, let me tell you this scene. I was just because Jamie is like, hold up. I'm, I'm not about to lose another child. Mm-mm. I'm not about to lose another child. But I think Fergus really needed it. And he needed that. He needed that goddamn hug. Yeah. He, he needed did. that hug. He did. he did. And then we see him coming to the house with Jamie and Claire. Of course, you know, Claire had to fix that up. And I just I wish they would have shown us that scene because I needed to see another scene with him and Claire, too. Like once mm-hmm. Claire realized, OK, this is how serious th- this got. I needed her to. I need her to process that and say, okay, look, this is how serious this got. So maybe if he's just, if this is what him quote unquote coping led to, maybe I need to address my own issues. I really feel like that should have been kind of like the eye opener for her. It's like, okay, we can't, we can't keep ignoring the things that are bothering us because it will overwhelm us. It will, but that's just like, you can give the best advice, but you can't even use that advice for yourself. You just but isn't that always the case? It is. That's what I'm saying. So for her, until she hits like for him, he hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. This was his rock bottom. Yeah. He has to hit bottom. 
Because if not, she's like, for her, she doesn't have a problem. Right. But Fergus goes home. And of course, Marsley is there to welcome him with open arms. And he tells her never again. You know, he makes that promise to her right there. Never again. He's not mm-hmm. going to drink. He's going to get his act together. And I just hope that he does. Because like I said, Fergus is my baby, but so is Marsley. Marsley does mm-hmm. not deserve no. what Fergus has been putting her through. Even though he's been, it's not like he was doing this because he wanted to. And it's not like he was doing this because he was trying to be cruel to her. No, he, he really felt like he let her down. Right. And he had and some things one that he, hell of a burden no things that he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's one hell of a burden for somebody to carry, mm-hmm. especially when you already have low self-esteem because of your situation. Right. And of course, people back then, they're not looking at him as important. They're like, oh, he's got one hand. What can he do? He can't help in the fields. He can't help build the houses. So it's like back then, people only put a worth on your person depending on what you can do mm-hmm. and what you can provide. And again, that's what Jamie tells him. That's not your worth to us. We need you. Right. Period. But I can name several things. Several things right. you have done mm-hmm. with one hand. Right. And the other thing is, you know, I don't know if the Ridge knows what Fergus did to lose that hand, but yeah, Fergus has done for Jamie what none of them would ever be able to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah whatever stop worrying about what the ridge thinks of you fergus and and worry about what your family thinks of you that's that's the only thing that matters right and to understand that it 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 didn't matter that was going to happen with the browns i mean if you were there you would have been dead right jamie could Mm -hmm. i mean no one we can all feel that way but you know sometimes stuff happens and you wasn't there yeah and it's okay but he had, like you said, he had to be reminded of just the, his worth in the family. Mm-hmm. You are important, Fergus. Don't forget that. So then after that, Claire and Jamie, they go back to the house and Major McDonald or Lieutenant McDonald is there with some red coats and a cart. And he has, you know, the governor has granted Jamie's request to give the Cherokee guns. And he's like, yeah, we're going to deliver these guns. And Claire just kind of looks around and Jamie is like, okay, so what does this mean? She was like, yeah, it's starting. Oh, wait, isn't that when she saw the newspaper? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, American Revolution is coming. Yeah. That was a um, satisfying episode. It was, it was a lot. It was, it was. But hopefully now we can get into the healing part of Fergus because, like I said, his his downfall and his his recovery has come up in the books. It it takes a little bit longer than it does in this episode. Like we've really only seen like three episodes of Fergus kind of being falling to pieces. I don't need to see anymore. No, I think I it don't. was enough. They they did a great job showing that. And mm-hmm. the reasons why and you know yeah. past so I just traumas, need to get better now. 
right? Mm-hmm. His experiences, his, you know, self-esteem. We we got that. Mm-hmm. They, so they did a great job in three episodes. Three I don't episodes. need to see any more. So, no. I'm just glad that he's better. I'm glad that I am grateful that he is alive because I didn't know how this was going to go when you have a warning at the beginning of the episode, suicide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not suicide attempt, but suicide. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, um, like I said, when I figured out that that's what was coming, I literally yelled out and just burst into tears. And my daughter was looking at me like, mm-hmm. what the? And then she looked at the screen and saw it and she was like, yes, because it just wasn't right, especially with the voiceovers and the voiceover. And then just Jamie, like, "Hmm, let me keep, let me follow him. What is he doing? Uh And I wasn't sure what he was going to do. I'm thinking, please, please don't harm yourself. Yeah. But he did because because he was also feeling guilty about the fact that um Roger was the one who saved Henri Christian when the kids had mm-hmm. him in the river. So mm-hmm. he he has a lot of demons that he's gonna have to work through. But I feel like now he's in a place where he can start that healing. Yes. So that's what I need to see. And maybe 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 he can help Claire too later on. Yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. This the Claire and the self medicating. Uh, hopefully that ends this season and this doesn't carry on to next season. Yeah, because I I really don't like I like I'm glad that they ended his his you know suffering suffering now than to spread it to next season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I I need them to go ahead and wrap hers up because. Again, I feel like it's very out of character for her, and I don't want it to become a serious part of the storyline. Y'all, y'all got too much other shit going on, right? You, you can tell that some addicts. other things are happening, and I need her to be aware. Now, mm-hmm. no, I'm the opposite. I don't think it's out of character, but I don't think it's out of character for actually for anybody. That's the the counseling side. Oh, now. I don't think okay. it's out of care for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. It's just the that. the the levels of it, though. She's not going to be mm-hmm. like Fergus. She's not going to be like constantly drunk or self medicating. Hers is going to be a little bit more discreet. Yes, the more higher functioning and higher um, strength that you have, it's going to show a little. It's going to show differently. And for her, it's mm-hmm. the where people can't see. Right, right. For him, it's just outward that it, everyone is watching this train mm-hmm. wreck. Yeah. I mean, like everyone was watching, just like when the new people came with Tom Chrissy, he was just stumbling through the woods drunk. I mean, it's everyone can see it happening, mm-hmm. but not knowing where it was going to end. Right. That's why I feel like if Claire was a tad bit more aware of her surroundings, I'm not blaming her, but if she's more aware of her surroundings, being the doctor, I think she would have mm-hmm. saw some signs like, not signs that he was going to commit suicide, but like, honey, you may want to talk to him. Right. You know, like, this, I this, think this, she would have paid, she would have paid more, more attention. attention. Like, Marcy is mm-hmm. constantly talking about him being drunk. Right. And she's even her anger is going after him and stuff. And then we have this issue outside our home. He's, you know, yes, that woman was totally wrong with what she was doing, what she said. She deserved to get her ass whooped. Right. But just knowing, like, you know what, something, something 
is up. Yeah. But she can't right now. Yeah. So I hope that they actually... um, Yeah. But I hope that they kind of wrap that up too because I I just... I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Claire go through this struggle. Like I said, we've seen Claire deal with so So much much trauma on this show. I really want them to get to a point where she needs to go ahead and confront what she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she needs to, um, she needs to let it go. Yeah, and but her family like, support her. Mm-hmm. So, but um, at this point right now, we have five episodes of the season and looking at IMDb, we are actually getting eight episodes this season, not six. Okay. So we're getting eight. So we have three more episodes. This is the third. So we have two other episodes that we're going to have to talk, to talk about soon, which, but yeah, I, I do want them to go ahead and um, get done with this ether attic storyline <laughs> because we have, we have an impending war. Yeah, coming. we do. And Tom Christie, there's still some issues that's going to arise with that. Mm-hmm. We have uh, now they're giving guns to the Native Americans. So that's going to be, be, yeah, that's going to be part of the story. So, yeah, we just need to go ahead and just figure out where Claire is going to go from here. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, too, is I'm noticing that the length of the episodes is slowly dwindling. So we started the first episode of season six with 81 minutes. Mm -hmm. The second episode was 73. The third is 64. The fourth is 58, and then uh, episode five was 60 minutes. So we're coming right back to around that hour, um, you know, runtime. Mm-hmm. So you have a little bit less time to tell the stories. So maybe they'll go ahead and start wrapping that part up because, yeah, now we've, we got to start getting into the American Revolution stuff. Yeah, we do. And again, like this episode was packed with a lot. So I know this will be our, our longer podcast but it was just it was packed with a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of emotional mm-hmm. stuff it was but like i said hopefully Fergus's, Fergus's stuff is over he can start healing he can start being the person that we all know he can be um claire needs to confront her own trauma and deal with that and we'll see where the rest of everything goes <laughs> with the rest of these episodes but um do we have any last thoughts on this episode i think we covered Um, pretty much everything tom christian that dog on hand went back to beating malva and alan is looking on the side oh yeah the crime part so what is that what is that what message does that send to your son i don't know because you know i'm wondering okay if if Tom Christie knows or suspects that Malva is not his daughter, I wonder, has he voiced those opinions to those kids? You know, he always talks, talks about how evil their mother was or how wicked their mother was. Has he told them why he feels that way? Like, do they know? And if so, does Alan realize that his father is punishing Malva because of their mother's sin? So it's just one of those things. It's kind of like there's... I think there's more layers to that family than we have been shown so far. And 
I think we've only touched the surface right. of it. Because even if he do, they don't know, you have to think the son is thinking, okay, so just how my dad treats us differently. Mm-hmm. So when I misbehave, I don't get the same punishment that she does. Yeah, and, but back in those times, you didn't. Like, well, you the still son, get the hit because he was ready to he was ready to get on them when he stole. Yeah. yeah. Now, but just knowing that sometimes I see that my sister's not even doing anything, mm-hmm. and he's constantly spanking her. Yeah, and, she 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 just breathing. Right, and then there was a pause, and then now his hand is healed, and he on the regular. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. We'll see. I have a feeling Alan's going to have some problems with that, too. Yeah. Because we already know that he he does not agree with the way his father is. Like, of course, he's going to be the dutiful son and do what his father does. But I mean, you see when like even when he was um, hunting with Ian, he was like, yeah, my father wouldn't have done this. He would have said da, 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 da. You know, he's basically mocking what his father, how his father is. So. I don't know that family. I think, like I said, I know that the Christie's cause chaos in the books. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. And now that I know that we have a few more episodes than we originally thought, I really have a feeling like the climax to their storyline is probably going to happen in this season and probably carry over into the next season. Like mm-hmm. the consequences or the after effects of what happens with their family, I think is going to carry into next season. Okay. So that'll be interesting we'll talk about that in a couple of episodes but for now that's it for our show you can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at fandom hybrid you can watch our videos on our youtube channel and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms thanks for listening we hope you join the conversation next time